guys, it's time for another episode of the MI Ice Guys, podcasting hard water fishing in the Great Lakes State. Good morning, Michigan. We're the MI Ice Guys. Chaz and stuff here. Uh thought we'd uh we got a little late start this year getting recording. We've had a lot of stuff going on. Uh some good, some bad. And uh, nobody was really sure when the ice was coming, so it, it was hard to get motivated to get mm-hmm. out and record this stuff. But uh, we thought we'd jump back in here now that it's uh, between Christmas and New Year's. Fill you in on uh, what we've been up to this fall and uh, what we've been up to so far this winter. But first, you know, as always, we like to uh, kind of give you a little refresher reminder on some of the safety stuff. Uh, this time of year, you know, with first ice and ice that's fluctuating in and out, and you know, it was a firearm deer season. We had all this snow and super, super cold weather, and everybody thought it was going to get going. Then it turned 50 again. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately that snow cooled off the lakes and, uh, some of them did get a freeze on, but then it like was April for two months while we waited for it to get cold again before Christmas. And, uh, that uh, doesn't always make the best ice. So, you know, Steph and I, we go out there and we grab the spud and we give it some wax. Now I talked to a guy the other day and he says, Oh, yeah, I walked up on this ice, and he says, I barely hit it, and the spud went right through. Now, Mm -hmm. bear in mind, this guy's a a pretty good-sized guy, and he's got a brand-new sharp spud, but still, those things add up to a wet day. So you want to be real careful when you're uh, getting out there. First ice, checking it, and especially this warm, cold, warm, cold Mm -hmm. uh, edges. Are gonna go. And, the edge will uh, go real quick. Yep. My dad you know, said his lake was already just black now with this warmth that we just got yesterday. Yeah. And it's, so you know this this ice is changing quick. What happened yesterday is ancient history. Uh, you got to check it every time you go out. Now we also uh, we're firm believers in the floating suits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ice suits, modern ice suits, we, you've heard us talk about them many times. And for those of you that are new, they got a lot of pockets. And when you're out there, you know, it's better to have a lot of pockets than rummaging around in a bucket or in a sled trying to find things. Uh, because you're going to go through jigs, you're going to go through other things, but you can also carry some safety equipment. You want to carry your picks. Well, for those of you new to it, you know, the picks are those two look like sharpened screwdrivers on the end of each end of a rope. I personally like to run them through my coat sleeves. So they're right at the ends of my arms where they're usable. Now, Steph, he also usually carries a throw rope. Hmm. Now, do you have that HT one? Yeah. Yeah, the HT throw rope works really nice. It's a heavy-duty rope and comes with that bag that auto deploys and well you made your own yeah and you can just and make that the, a paracord yeah that was good too about 30 feet of rope is good yeah that allows you to stay back and uh with your fishing partner 
and not get real close to where that ice is breaking and pull him or her out. Which brings uh, up another point is don't go out there checking ice by yourself. Always have your buddy with you, a friend uh, out there with you because having somebody else there to assist in the rescue and then you guys can kind of cover each other, you're, you're, it's a lot safer that way. Yeah, and that being said, don't bunch up either. Spread out a little bit on early ice until, until, you know, you've drilled a few holes and you realized, oh, yeah, there's four or five inches here. You know, and now we're feeling a little better about it. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things that it's smart to do. You know, skydiving alone is not a brilliant thing. Uh, I don't really agree with the skydiving thing in general because I'm a big guy and I'd hit real hard. But, you know... Ice fishing is a great sport, but it's more fun when you take somebody with you. They can help you not only uh, be safe out on the ice, but when it gets time to load the truck, you got somebody else to pick up the other end of the sled. Mm-hmm. And somebody to talk to while you're out there. It's it's a really a handy thing to do. Other things that you want to think about when you're out there, uh, ice cleats. A lot of this ice oh, yeah. right now is slick and early ice has a tendency to get slick especially if it's wind blown mm-hmm. yeah, you get uh, that windy spots that get all cleared off and it's nice polished ice and then you got snow banks that are drifted up that have real thin ice underneath them because it insulated that pocket on the early ice season and so you really gotta watch and check where you walk and just because it's safe in one spot doesn't mean it's good in another so just be mindful of those those conditions. Yeah, and those brand new rubber boots that you got for Christmas that you're uh, just dying to wear, I bet mm-hmm. they're slicker than shit on that ice. <laughs> so do yourself a favor and, uh, you know, K&E, if you want to just start out with some basic stuff, I think 15, 20 bucks you can get the boot chisels. Yeah. They're re- real economical. Uh, if you can find them, Eagle Claw has the knockoff versions of the overboot uh with the chains like the Catula brand um even yak tracks are better than nothing now i think yak tracks are kind of expensive and they're kind of the ll bean solution they look pretty but i don't think they work mm-hmm. quite as well as uh, some of our things with a more aggressive spike yeah they're more for you... like the city city slickers i guess walking around downtown or something on the sidewalks that might have a little bit of slippery spots and they make them for joggers and such but when you get out on the ice and the lakes there's sometimes those finer spikes they get packed up with snow and they don't clear out like the catulas do and that's why we prefer those anyway yeah and the chain with the stainless steel spikes on them concept it's always pretty easy to pick up your boot and give it a shake and everything falls out of it all the ice and slush and then you're back to clean spikes to get a good bite. And they really also help when you're climbing back up that hill on the embankment or back up the side of the uh, ditch to get back up to the truck where you parked. So it's just a smart thing to have. We, um, call, it our, we call it our four-wheel drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, that traction just gives you a little more confidence. It, yep. I'm too old. My back's too bad to be falling down on the ice. I don't want that. But it, it's always things. Now, remember that your sled 
is also can be a rescue device. It's something that a lot of guys have gotten smart and extended the ropes on them mm-hmm. so that you can get a little further away from the sled. That's advantageous when you're pulling it up a hill. Uh, it can also, you know, empty it out and sling it out there to help rescue somebody if you don't have a throw rope. It's just a, another handy tool to have along. Yeah, now, I one like- of the other great things that uh, we've determined that we need to have in our trucks is a dry bucket. Um, I learned the hard way one day. I went through and I had a spare pair of jeans in the truck. Jeans don't go over cold, wet legs very well. And if you're in your birthday suit, standing there stripped off of everything wet, trying to put something on on a boat ramp, you will realize the thing to carry is big baggy sweats. Mm-hmm. Extra socks, sweatshirt, yep. nice baggy sweatshirt. Yeah, ex- big socks or house slippers or they don't have to be a fashion statement because once you get wet if you go through you're going home you do anything else than go home you're just asking for trouble hypothermia is something not to mess with so our recommendation is find a friend that has a a big swimming pool they get these great buckets with screw top lids and they've had chlorine in them stuff but just wash them up real good and they're great to pack those dry clothes in, screw the lid on tight, throw it in the back of the truck, and it's there just in case. Uh, the whole idea of keeping your stuff ready and prepped is really the basis of the ice fishing. You know, we were out uh, doing some seminars. We always like to include the safety stuff in there. Watching where you walk, all that bit. It's great stuff. Well, tell you what, when we get back, we're going to talk about some of the uh, current conditions because Steph and I actually got uh, to go fishing. So we'll be right back after uh, just a, a real, real brief break. Guys, when you're out on the ice, do you protect your eyes? Liam I Ice Guys have partnered with Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. Made in America, made by hand. The thinnest glass technology for sunglasses. 100% UV protection. We love our Costas so much, we took them to Finland to the worlds. They allowed us to see where other people had been drilling before, protected our eyes in the blowing snow, and kept us looking good on the ice. Made in America, Costa Del Mar sunglasses. Get them online, get them at a local retailer near you. Remember, tell them the MI Ice guys sent you in. You need the best. Hey, guys, we're back. You know what? We got to go fishing the last two days. We went off to uh, one of our secret lakes first. And as I was driving out there through the farmer's field to get to this uh, pond, I could see that there were guys out on the lake. And I'm like, my heart was just pounding. It was awesome. I was excited. We're finally getting on ice, you know, and it, there it is. What is it? Day and a half after Christmas, and yep. there we go. Game time. I had told everybody at work I was taking those last two days of the year off to uh, go fishing. So 
it worked out perfectly. We got out there and, uh, but we got a little surprised <laughs> where we thought the weed beds were. They weren't. They weren't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went to a GPS location I had saved and, uh, on my Navionics app and I walked right to it and I drilled a couple of holes and I started fussing around and there's nothing. Just, just flat bottom. No weeds, no structure. It's like, what the heck's going on here? And no and fish. <laughs> and no fish. <laughs> and uh, it it, it kind of surprised us. So, Steph, you went on walkabout. How many holes do you think you d- drilled that day? Oh, over 100 easily. I was all the way yeah. across that lake and back and around and across the basin through the shallows. I was from 6 feet to 30 feet all over the place it's like i don't know where they're hiding but they're hiding good we find them there's going to be a lot of them but we didn't find them no and we drilled and i went over and up into the shallows and worked i found finally found some weeds but i couldn't get any fish to come out of them mm-hmm. uh it, it was crazy now we were a bit handicapped uh from our normal well-prepared selves in that uh, we didn't have steph's live scope nope the bracket's going to be in today, I think. So we were waiting for a part to come in and just, uh, so we had to go to old school and uh, drill the holes. Our hopper buckets were paying off. You know, you drill and scan, drill and scan, drill and scan. And I went all day on one battery, I had that new 8 amp hour battery, and I got, yeah, over 100 holes, and I only used two bars on the sucker. But, you know, thin ice that you can get a lot of holes on that one battery. Yeah, especially if you got sharp blades. Mm. I think my set needs to be uh, changed out. Mine was starting to get a little dull there at the end of the second day. But I'll tell you, man, we had a great time out there. Beautiful, beautiful weather. The wind was kicking a little bit, so you had to be smart and turn your back to it, pop your hood up. Uh, but then we went off and had some lunch and visited with some people. And then we went back out to a different lake. And what do you figure? We got out there about 4.30? Yeah. Yeah, about 4, 4.30. And uh, we were up there by Trufant, uh, one of the lakes up in that area. And went out and we found about 14, 15 feet of water. Found just a little bit of structure. Yeah, I had and, those weeds on the bottom. Yeah, there and were fish. Could... Oh, my God, there were tons of fish. Yep. And uh so we were we were able to pound on them pretty good until dark. Then they and shut another down point, and it was yeah. time for us to shut down. <laughs> yep. Uh our friend Rocky, who's uh Chad Shab's dad, lives up in that area. He joined us. We got out there on the ice and just had a great time banging away on those for just I don't know, forty five minutes an hour. Mm-hmm. We got into fish. But yeah. made a bluegill. nice little mess. Yeah, a little bluegill and crappie mix, and was fun to catch. It was like getting that first hook set of the year when you, that fish comes up and takes it, and you stick him. And it's like that that bend in the rod is like, oh yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> it was great, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, so we got a, a nice little mess there on Tuesday, and then uh, Wednesday morning. We jumped up and said, let's go again. 
So we went off to another little lake, and uh, this lake had some funny ice. Mm -hmm. So we got out lake. A, yeah, a much deeper lake. We got out there and got out maybe 10, 15 yards, and we drill a couple of pilot holes just to see what the ice conditions are. And immediately, I see marks. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down. You go exploring. And I couldn't get those marks to move for nothing. I think they were just uh, structure laying there. But no fish. And Steph got out. And you found some funky ice. Yeah, I got out. Oh, probably 100, and, 100 yards or so. And I was just checking the ice as I go. And I started getting that double layer. You'd have like a layer of ice on top and then water and then ice again but that that bottom layer of ice was like you know three inches of not good ice so you kind of got that breakthrough feeling and then you hit the, the the little bit more solid ice obviously it was fine but and it and it wasn't going to get any better going out further you could just tell as i worked from shore out the the, the thickness was changing and, and that, that like, lake is uh, the how it differed from the other lakes we were on is it was more of a, a kettle. It had high embankments, uh, high woods all the way around it. So it had not had the benefit of just those straight, fierce winds that we've had uh, last week that really cooled off the other lakes after they locked up. And it was most of the snow off them. Mm -hmm. That 40 feet of water. It's just, it just takes longer for those bigger, deeper lakes to, to start that ice formation. Yeah. And that wind blowing the snow off it, that blows the insulation away. Yep. And that, that really helps as well. So knowing the kind of lake you're on, uh, can give you some clues. Now you've heard many of you have heard us talk about, you know, just looking at a lake that maybe is a small lake, doesn't appear on Navionics. So you don't have depth soundings. How do you know if it's a deep lake or a shallow lake? Well, if it's out in the middle of a field and there's no high embankments, I'm going to bet it's pretty shallow. Unless it's a gravel pit that somebody dug. Uh, you get to a lake that has high embankments and big hardwoods around it and stuff, uh, it's probably going to be a kettle lake and be fairly deep. And finding the fish comes into play on that, as well as knowing how fast it's going to freeze and you know, once those big deep lakes freeze, man, they they usually hold the ice really a long time. Mm -hmm. So we uh, didn't stay long at that lake. No, nah, it didn't uh, take much to convince Rocky and you to head back over to where we were catching fish and we had safer ice. And well, when I walked out on that lake, the only I saw tracks, the deer tracks for around the lake and the deer didn't go through yet. So I was like, well, the deer made it across. So. I just keep drilling and checking, and that's, I would use the backside of my skimmer and measure the holes. I'd stick that rod down and measure the ice so I knew how it was progressing as I went out, and then you can make that judgment call as what, on how the ice has been. So, as it kept getting thinner, as I kept getting deeper water, you just knew, it was like, yeah, yeah, and I wasn't finding fish in that first hundred yards, and we looked around, and it was like, well, let's go back over to where we were catching them. And we had good ice there, not not questionable or anything. It was pretty solid. And Yeah, and that ice was making some noise, too. Oh, man, she was. 
Well, the one day it was cold out, so it was it was popping and making ice. And then the next day it was getting warm out. That first yesterday when that warm spell started hitting, it was making a whole different cracking noise. It wasn't happy noise. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was starting to get a little bit uh, nerve wracking when you'd hear some of those ice sheets sliding against each other because the sun was expanding it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it was it was quite a change, but the fish were biting, and uh, you know we had to throw some back, but we got a nice batch of fish, bluegill mm-hmm. and crappie. Uh, you had uh, one pike snap off, and I had a bass snap off. Yeah, I donated one jig, and uh, those little buggers had teeth though because they took the uh, paint right off of a couple of my jigs. Mm-hmm. And it it was uh, pretty impressive. Thankfully, we know a guy. We know a guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's got me thinking that, you know, next couple of days are going to be warm. Well, I'm going to spend a little time cleaning up the jig box. Uh, I gotta get, I'll get rid of those ones that the paint's gone off of. Dig out some new ones that uh, I've acquired in the last year. And, you know, do the prep on them when you're at home under nice, bright LED lights. Yeah, make Just sure all those eyelets are cleared out. Right, Chaz? Clean your eyelets <laughs> out because um, mm-hmm. you might not take your reading glasses out on the ice and you want to be able to get mm-hmm. that line through the hole. And then also, one thing that uh, Steph and I have learned is if you take your forceps, and especially on those smaller jigs, you open that hook bite up a little bit by bending the hook open a little further. Mm-hmm. You get a whole lot more hookups on the fish. Because it's a little bit better out there to grab in and bite in on the, the fish. Yeah. Helps on all fish, crappie and bluegill. Now, you know, a lot of you guys out there that have the, uh, especially if you're from where I grew up, uh, have your Dutch roots very founded in you and said, well, there's nothing wrong with the jig that lost its paint. No, there's nothing wrong with them. But <laughs> if you go out and uh, shop at... Uh, Al Bob's or Meyer or any of the other good bait stores that carry K and E, you'll realize that jigs are only three, four dollars a piece. I mean, you've caught a thousand fish on that one. Yeah. Move on, my friend. Move on. Uh, do you also take your uh used spikes and put them back in the bait puck? Or are you so cheap you're still using a chew can? <laughs> You know, what's your deal? It uh, just that little bit of prep allows you to get going. Now, also take the time. And uh, Steph and I experienced this where we broke off uh, a couple of times. The line gets damaged. Okay. Um, you know, whether it's the teeth on the fish, rasping on the line, or maybe uh, Steph pointed out that uh, some of his schoolie reels the eyelet on the front of the rear wheel starts getting worn and wears on the line. Sometimes yeah. you get a bad eyelet on your rod. Or starts catch, wearing on it. Yeah. You catch six, eight fish. You might want to retie because that knot will get worn and it could pop. You know, we've had that and happen. If your if your hands aren't too dried out and chapped, take and just run that line through your fingers and feel down through there. And see if there's any snags or burrs on it. If there are, cut off three, four feet. 
retie that knot. Don't be afraid to leave a little eighth inch, maybe even a quarter inch of tail on that line behind your knot. Uh, you know, some of our friends, when they're tying their palm rods and stuff, they're real picky about how they trim that. Well, I know my knots don't always get super tight until about four fish tug on them. So I want a little tail that isn't just going to slip right through. Because there's nothing worse than pulling up your line and on the end of the line, there's just a curly cue where there used to be a hook. It's like, it's like, dang it. Yeah. And, you know, just line's not that expensive. Do it. Uh, you've heard us talk before. We reline our rods every year. Of course, we get out there quite a bit. Uh, ultraviolet light or sunlight is bad for line. Uh, it degrades it. So even if you haven't fished with it and it's been laying out in the sun, that line's getting a little rough. Probably need to change it. And if you haven't bought line yet, go now because soon they're going to be out of line. Uh, we've learned from the various suppliers, everybody mm -hmm. buys their, uh, the, the store buy orders their fishing line in August for ice. And they're not getting any more once their supply is done. It's real tough because the supplier, hard, he yeah. ordered his in May. Yep. If you see what you like, get it when you see it because yeah. it might not be there when you go back to pick it up. And if you don't use it for a year, put it in a brown lunch bag. Wrap it up, put it somewhere it where closet. the temperature's pretty consistent. Yep. It'll save. It won't, you know, it's not getting hit by light. It's not getting by temperature changes. It'll be fine. And then you've got an extra spool for next year. So uh, be prepared with that. And retie your knots when you're out there. We even learned that, you know, the edge of the bottom of the hole, you know, we're cutting through with our uh, augers, with our drills. And it leaves a pretty sharp edge. You know, it's a 90-degree edge right there at the bottom of the ice. And if it's cold out, that is going to be a brisk, sharp edge. That's going to wear on the line as well. Mm -hmm. We all know that the, the crappie swirl around. Now, we had that great pleasure. I know you were watching. I caught your head going around a couple of times, Steph. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You, you pull a deucer, and you just watch the fish circling yeah. under the ice. The, through the, the pinwheel. <laughs> They're pinwheeling rattling around that hole with your line and it's great looking through clear ice seeing that that you know a nice size bluegill or even not a nice size bluegill you think it's a big bluegill because it's you know getting that magnification through the ice or something it looks huge and you pull it through the hole it's like oh i guess that's not an eater so <laughs> you let that one go but it, that's fun but all those things can wear on your ice now I also learned that uh, look out because those big breakoffs. If your pole, I got a pole that's probably six, seven years old. And I told Steph, we're retiring this one. Yeah, it you started the spine, I think, on it. Yeah, I cracked the spine. It started bending funny, and I'm like, going, ah, time to move on from that rod. So I pulled the reel off it. And yeah, that bass ruined it for you. We're gonna we're gonna retire that one. It's gonna go away. Maybe it'll be a, a stir stick for a paint can or something. I remember that happened on Reed's Lake a couple of years back where it snapped right off at the base on you on a big bass. Yeah, it did and it broke right off. And before I knew what was going on, half the rods <laughs> down the hole and gone with my lure and you know, 30 feet of line. 
And I'm sitting there going, what happened? A sea monster just got me. Uh, but, you know, keep an eye on your equipment. This stuff doesn't last forever. It's you, you got to do maintenance. And, you know, these warm days are a good time for you. Grab your stuff, either set up on the workbench in the garage or the basement or clear off the dining room table if the wife doesn't yell too loud. Get your stuff out and check this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's productive. It gets you ready so that that day comes and it's it's time to go. Your stuff is ready. And then also think back to last season and... Is there anything you'd want to change on any of your setups for like hauling your gear and different things? You know, make those tweaks now and try to remember what you didn't like about your setup and fix it. Yeah. And I mean, if you haven't already, get your shanty out and pop it up. You know, you, oh, you yeah. don't want the surprise of a mouse or a big hole in it when you get out on the lake. It's better to find that in the garage where you can do something about it. You get out the duct tape and fix it or stitch a patch into it. Uh, you know, sort that stuff out. And, you know, making sure that all your rods are untangled. They're not all in a wad in the bag or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. If you didn't put them back in their rod pods. You know, just it's a, it's a little good break to check on that stuff. Reorganize your jig box. Okay. You know, I find all, I found some jigs earlier in the year as I was reorganizing my jig boxes that. I've changed jigs, but I I still had the line on the eyelets and stuff, so I was cleaning all that up, getting ready for this season. Yeah, if you don't have a – that's another thing I really like is uh, the clippers that have the little retractor on them. Mm -hmm. And get some sharp ones. They're not going to last forever, but get some sharp ones. Uh, I know some guys, they'll use, like, nail clippers uh, because those are good and sharp, and they'll nip off a line real – real good uh other guys they'll use like surgical scissors yeah and i or, got those little line nips that just like uh two flat pieces of metal that pinch together yep and those work really well there's a lot of things out there but give it some thought and get yourself prepared on this stuff yeah if they you got do have up. an ice foot suit uh go through the pockets yeah and i'll pull out the old candy wrappers and uh spent heat packs and Things like that. Hopefully your bait buck doesn't have any surprises in it. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't clean it out last year at the end of the year. Our friend Greeny, I swear, every time he comes out for his one fishing trip a year, he opens up his bait puck and there's like 20 flies that are packed in there like sardines mm -hmm. that hatched and died without yeah. ever moving an inch. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Clean those out and get it going. Um, what else did we do? Oh, hey, we got to go to some great neighborhood bars. And, oh, yeah. You know, those things that normally I'm busy during the day, can't go to and stuff. But some good burritos and burgers. And you had a combo up there in Trufin at the Mexican place. Yeah, that was good. And then we had those tater kegs and Pearson. Yeah. Also and there's always usually some colorful characters to talk to. Oh, yeah. About your ice fishing when you're up there. We met a guy named Scott. Scott, if you're listening, uh, it was fun talking to you. He told us uh, some crazy stories. Uh, he, 
the guy is invested in a commercial pay, potato peeler to scale his fish. Mm -hmm. He couldn't quit talking about that thing. He showed us a video. It, it was quite the sight. But, uh, hey, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the new stuff that we've seen out there around of it, some of the stuff we've got, some of the stuff we want, and some of the stuff that you might want to look at. But we already got something like it. We're the MI Ice Guys, and uh, we'll be right back. We had a couple of days fishing, and we hope you did too. Hey guys, Jazz here from the MI Ice Guys. I want to talk to you about K&E Stopper Lures, especially the Scandia line of tungsten jigs. I've been having a great time fishing with these this year and last year. The new colors are awesome. Check them out. Get out there to your local sporting goods shop and look for that blue packaging with yellow text on it. Pick up a Scandia lure or 10. It's a whole lot of fun to fish with. They're bright, they're durable, and good stuff. Hey guys, uh, as promised, we thought we'd do a segment real quick here on uh, some of the new things that we've seen out there that uh, apply to the ice fishing world. And uh, we saw some of them down at DNR. We've been reading about some of them online. Uh, some of them I just found on Amazon. I'm like, wow, that thing, that could be very cool. Uh, something yeah. that uh, would work out very well for us when we're out there on the ice, you know. Uh, one of those things, the things that uh, I'll just start us off with is something I got for Christmas last year, and I've mentioned it once or twice, but now they're all over the place on Amazon. And these are those electric hand warmers. Mm -hmm. Now, Steph and I have talked several times about, uh, you know, kind of doing the Michael Jackson and uh, one glove in it, where you put a glove on your jigging hand that's holding on to the pole. Yep. And the other end, you stick in your bibs or stick in your pocket or something to keep warm. And one of the advantages of that is, is if you don't put a glove on that one, when it gets wet, you can just wipe it off on your bibs or whatever, or a towel or something, and then your hands dry, whereas a glove might get wet and stay wet when you grab a fish uh, or reach down in the hole or whatever. Well, what I did is I just took these little USB charged uh, hand warmers, and they usually have three, four settings on them for heat level. And I put a carabiner on it. I just slip it inside of my bibs, hook to the top of my bibs. So I got something warm to grab onto when I'm reaching in my bibs there with my hand that I take the fish off with. or And reel with. Yeah, and reel with. And yeah. it's just turned out to be absolutely a wonderful thing. And you can pick them up for 20 30 bucks on Amazon. So if you're looking for something, maybe you haven't got your fishing partner something for Christmas or something, that, those are a pretty slick thing. Now, we saw some other slick things down at the uh, show at DNR Sports. Mm -hmm. Well, you were talking about those suits stuff? Yeah, the striker suits that look like Carhartts, about their float suits. I thought those were pretty neat because they got like that canvas duck like a Car Carhartts do. And but it's a striker ice suit. That's pretty slick looking. Trying to appeal to those guys that like the Carhartts, I guess. Well, yeah, and you know, 
we've told everybody, everybody that will listen to us, that, you know, traditional Carhartts are great for barn work. They're good for hunting. They're good for cutting wood and all kinds of stuff, but they are really bad for swimming. Um, Carhartts soak up water. Traditional Carhartt jacket or bibs are, you know, lined with a heavy old school flannel behind that duct, and it just soaks up water. And uh, I know a lot of guys that say, you never wash your Carhartt jacket. Well, the real reason is, is because it takes about a year to dry in the Arizona sun. Uh, Carhartts are heavy-duty, thick stuff, but they hold water. So breaking through in your Carhartts uh, can be very dangerous. Whereas now, if you want to look like you got Carhartts, Striker's got a solution. They've got their SureFloat technology uh, sewn into something that looks like a Carhartt. Mm-hmm. So if you think, uh, what was the old Carhartt commercial getting attacked by wolves? <laughs> and the guy, uh, his jacket was no worse for wear because the wolves couldn't bite through it. It might be a little Hollywood magic there, but yeah, you get the idea. Some of the other things that I... Uh, saw and uh, you know we were down there helping out the guys at K&E uh, with their uh, line of Scandia jigs and they have three fresh new colors down there that are just bright and amazing they've got the uh, clown glow which is got some green and red and white and, and blue on it it's a chartreuse wonder bread then they've got a chartreuse wonder bread yep that's a really cool one. And then the electric chicken, which mm-hmm. is kind of like an orange uh, tiger back with a green belly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, they're just fun looking colors. And those are available now in all three, not only just the Pelkey traditional horizontal jig, but also the moon vertical jig, as well as the uh, Pelkey diamond tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't got down to your local bait shop and check those out, uh, when you're replenishing jigs, those are some great new colors that I'm looking forward to trying. Uh, you got out your clown, didn't you? Yes. I was, yeah, I was using that. Does it that disco or what was that called? The blue, uh, the clown. Yeah, it was clown. Yeah. The clown glow. Clown glow. Yep. Has a blue face on it and a glow belly and a little yep. color on the tail. And I was catching crappies and bluegills on that. Yeah. And, you know, and a few of the others have brought out some new colors as well. Uh, one of the things that we noticed is that there's more and more of those uh, knockoff Catula spikes that are available out there. Um, your local bait shop probably has the uh, Eagle Claw brand handy. Uh, if you shop on Amazon, there's two or three different ones out there that they have that, uh, you know, you can get out there and find all kinds of these things uh, for not a lot of money, you know, between 15 and 30 bucks. Uh, they're really, really pretty good. Now, also, uh, I see that uh, Norfin uh, has now come out with their Klondike 2 boot 
which is an impressive uh, boot. Steph and I both love our uh, Norfin boots. Yesterday, I believe I was wearing uh, Klondike's and Steph was wearing uh, bearings out there. And the thing about these boots is they're what they call EVA boots, which is a, a just solid molded boot, no laces, anything like that. So they're waterproof all the way up to the top, and they have a removable liner. Um, the removable liner is really advantageous because a lot of times you don't realize how much your feet sweat when you're out there. And I know that uh, Steph and I got back to the his place the other night, and my boots had been laying in the back of the truck for, I don't know, 45 minutes, hour, whatever. The liners were already froze in them because of the sweating I had done during the day, walking back and forth all over that one lake that didn't have any fish we could find and uh, the others. But we removed them and put them on the boot dryer. Um, if you're shopping for an ice fisherman, a boot dryer is another great gift. Mm -hmm. uh, you got one or two of those, don't you, Steph? Yeah, the I got a set. Yeah, it just gently warms the heat, and they have some with more of a forced air fan like uh, Chad has. Yeah, I and mine it, has, it has a little a, fan. Some of them have a timer on them, like you can set them for like an hour, two hours, or like mine, it's just you plug it in and it just goes, 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 gentle that's, heat. Yeah, that's what I got. I didn't spend a fortune. I think maybe 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah, about and, 30 bucks. Uh, they come and with an extension mm -hmm. tube so you can put the whole boot over there if you want to. And, so if it's a day that you don't get real sweaty and you're not going right back out the next day, I tend not to even pull the liner out. I just put the whole boot on there and leave it for a day or two. Mm -hmm. Sure is nice when you put on a nice pair of warm, dry boots. So. <laughs> yeah, you pull those off from there and they're just toasty warm. It's like, ha <laughs> It's like, now, I also ice. saw that uh, like Northland Jigs has some new lines of uh, spoons out there that uh if you like jigging spoons um there were, were there were some other cool things we saw down there we saw the spikes and the suits and the new k and &E colors oh there was a, a whole bunch of those hole setter or line setters yeah uh some of them actually even call them tip-ups but what they are is they're a, a really? device where you put your pole in them yeah and that auto sets the hook or something too for you because it's like your little short rod is on there and so when the fish pulls that rod loads unloads and straightens back out and maybe sets the hook for you those look pretty cool you see a lot of homemade ones of those too but now they're commercializing it but one thing yeah. i checked out down there too was i've been i got that flx 28 and they got that 30 out last year and Instead of like 30 levels of interference rejection, the new one has like like a thousand or something because it hits it changes the frequency that much more. And the only other setting I thought was different on that one is where mine has like 10, 20, 30, 40 feet. This one has uh 10 and 15, 20, 30, 40. So a few more increments of uh, auto yeah, range. It's got basically it has the if 15 manual one. That's actually the manual ranges. So it's a 15 manual where that would have came in handy yesterday, but you know, it, mine will auto range to 15, but not manual range to 15. So a few differences, but I haven't broke down and got one yet. 
Now, the other one that our friend Chad did break down and get was yeah. they've got the uh, the new version of the LiveScope. What is it? LiveScope 2 or Plus or something? Uh, it's LVS 34. And uh, But it's a bigger head. Yeah. Yeah, they had a 7-inch so, auger. 7-inch seven seven inch auger. auger now. <laughs> uh, yeah, never fails, right? Never like, fails. Geez. Mm-hmm. yesterday i had a couple of crappie get away that and i was fishing in one of your six inch holes instead of mm-hmm. my five inch hole and that five yeah. inch hole that crappie wouldn't have got away nope because mm-hmm. he spit the hook right there in the hole and he had just barely enough room to turn and get i, I kind of like that the ice. that six inch hole yesterday i mean i pulled my deucer a couple times but for the most part i left it right in there and I better knock on wood because I never lost a fish in the deucer yesterday. <laughs> I had I'm, to pull I'm my sure deucer a little happen. bit more. <laughs> and I had a couple of fish that wound right around the deucer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, man, what the heck is going on? Now, I did see that a couple of more companies are, have the uh, the bait safes or the, the large oversized pucks and things like that. And those are getting mm-hmm. more popular. Because if you either raise your own bait or harvest your own bait, or maybe bait, but buy bait in bulk, because you don't have a great neighborhood place to run to, um, those bait safes that hold maybe a quart and a half or two quarts, those are really, really, really pretty good uh, investment, and they're only thirty bucks. Yeah, they work um, good for keeping your spikes in in bulk and uh, waxworms too when you're yep. spring steelhead fishing. Or even on the ice using waxies. Uh, and they're just like a bait puck. They have a screw top lid. Mm-hmm. So they're spill proof. And being insulated, you're not afraid to leave them in the sled. Now, most of the time, mine stays in the fridge. And I just load the bait pucks before I go. Uh, but uh, it's some pretty cool stuff. you know. And we've been looking around and keeping our eye out on other deals that are out there. Uh, in the world, uh, you know, you've heard us talk about uh, different dehookers and stuff like that. You know, a great set of forceps is good, but you know, those old plastic uh, dehooker or disgorger that just looks like a little shepherd's hook, those things I, I found them on Amazon 10 for eight, nine bucks. It's a great, great deal. There's also way more lines of the lithium uh batteries for your uh vexlar or markham uh if you're doing an upgrade or need a new battery lithium is really worth considering and the prices have come down out there i know you can get a 10 amp hour for like 45 bucks on uh amazon that's the same footprint as your uh little six rate amp and I know Steph with his live scope, he's gone up to, I think he's got an 18 amp hour on there. Uh, I'm now in my hopper bucket, I'm running a 20 amp hour on my uh, Markham big screen, which has the, the large seven inch screen. Uh, so those lithium batteries are great. Uh, Steph, your 18 amp hour on your uh, live scope, how long does that take to charge? Uh, the- it probably, if I'm not way down, it probably takes a good couple hours to charge it back up. 
And they take that the special charger for the lithium ion batteries. But they're twenty. But it lasts all day. Lasts all yeah. day though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lithium batteries are worth well worth the investment if you get out and about. And there's a whole lot more things out there. We saw. I couldn't believe I, how many different kinds of gloves they had down in the DNR. Oh yeah. Well, what about all the new pop-ups they had? Then the prices oh. on the pop-ups I thought were down this year because there's so many competitors out there making those hub-style pop-ups. Yeah. I mean, I think we saw a, like a five-man otter for, what was it, 250 Yeah. Down yeah. in DNR, and now that was their show sale, so I don't know if they'll still have it. Uh, but it's worth uh, maybe the drive to Kalamazoo to get a burger down that way. And, mm-hmm. uh, we can also recommend Lucky Girl Brewing if you'd like a brisket. Uh, mac and cheese and yeah, beer after your trip to DNR <laughs> or two. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they also got some pretty good food over there to latitude 42, uh, which is right there by 131 uh, as you get off to go to DNR sports. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be a cool and exciting year. We're looking forward. This little warm spells, a little disparaging. Uh, we want you to be real safe out there. Mm-hmm. But take the time and maybe go through your equipment. Uh, check that your batteries are actually, you know, going and, uh, you know, in good shape. If you got to replace them, I'd consider lithium. Uh, check out your boots. Uh, another thing that I, I found just as a great little upgrade on the boots was uh, just putting some thermal insoles in them. Yep. Those will help insulate you from that the bottom a little bit more and keep your feet warmer. Yep. And uh, if you want those uh, retractable line nippers, Amazon's got them for uh, $11.42. Uh, they're called the Boomerang Tool Company. They're snip fishing tool. But there's just so many good things. And uh, you remember I also mentioned the uh, screw top buckets. Well, if you don't have that friend with a pool, Amazon for 22 bucks will sell you two lids that'll snap on a normal five gallon pail. Mm-hmm. If you want a dry bucket with a screw top lid that uh, you can keep keep some stuff dry, whether it's snowing or raining or, or it tips over in the sled or whatever, they're really handy. Or you're even your dry clothes in the truck. You know, be smart, guys, and get it going. Be safe. Be safe be out safe. there. Be real cautious when you're taking the kids out here. This ice, you know, when it refreezes, some of it might be a little sketchy for the first few days. So take your spud with you and check them very soundly. I think we're going to wrap it up for this uh, episode of the MI Ice Guys. Uh, yeah. We wish you good fishing and tight lines. I'm Chad. We'll some- I'm Steph. And uh, we got fish to clean. So we will <laughs> talk to you next time. Guys, be sure to check out miiceguys.com. Not only do we have our past episodes available for download, but we also have some recipes, our ice map, and some great product reviews, as well as some tips and tricks that you might be interested in. You can also follow us on Facebook, but remember, the source is miiceguys.com.